from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello and welcome to... Bye, humbug! <laughs> I love getting straight to it. That is the theme of this week's show. We're counting down the top 10 things that make us go, bah, humbug! Ah, I'm mad already. This is my favorite show because I just love being bad, tempered, and grumpy and being sort of negatron about everything. So I, well, it's going to be once a year. Like, we should just do this every week. Well, no, no, actually, I was telling Blake, I think we should do it once a month. I think just once a month we should have a Bah Humbug episode where we just let out all the bile that's building up inside Spoons of us. out the toxicity that has accumulated. Yes. <laughs> All right, so I'm Fenton Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by our chief creative officer, Tom Campbell. Howdy. Hi. And the editor, I keep on saying literary editor, but you're the editor of the WOW Report, James St. James. But I'm a very literary chap, so <laughs> it all works out. You are exactly very marvelous. So let's get into the bar humbugs. Number 10. So, you know, here we are, I'm double vaxxed, I'm boosted, I'm trying to work my way back into polite society. My cousin April and her husband Larry were here, they come every December, and they took me to see Leonid and Friends. Ever heard of them? No. They are from the Soviet, from Russia, excuse me, and they're a Russian band that does covers of Chicago, and they're huge. Okay, okay. So I went to see them, which just made me think, wow, there are a lot of different kinds of people in this world because the the Saban Theater of Beverly Hills was crowded with old and young and and people and friends. But here's the bah humbug, the thing that drove me crazy. Even though I'm double vaxxed and boosted, by requirement, you're supposed to show that when you go into the theater that you are, you have, you know, your vaccination and then you are required to wear a mask. How hard is that to what? do? You're sitting? What? Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. Who are you? You're, you're, you're bow humping, bow humping, wearing masks? No, oh. I'm wearing a mask, but everyone around me, my cousin's wearing a mask too, are not wearing a mask. The, the, uh, you know, when I was in New York at the theater, they wore masks. And you know how, how kind of mean those ushers are in New York theater if you, if you push them? They were making sure everyone kept their mask on. They would go down in the middle of the show and be like, you, you put your mask on. And, and in this thing, they, it was just too many people. And literally the man next to me who was there with his son was like when people – like they'd come up the aisle going, come on, put your mask on. And he would like go like this. And as soon as they left, he'd go like that. And I just, you know, he lifted up to his face. In Los Angeles, that's that's surprising to me because so Angeles many is- people, other people wouldn't do it. They were like defiant. They were like, you all, I can always see all this body language of people, and then they would take them off. And the ushers, God bless the ushers, they can't keep up with all of that. But and I just, I think to myself, should I leave? And I'm like, I don't think, I think I might get it. But I don't, you know, I don't know that I'm going to die of it. I'm not quite, you know, this is why I'm vaccinated and stuff. But it, why? it's just that mentality, that American mentality, that human that says. You can't oh, tell me what to do. The rules don't apply to me. They had them on their chins. They had them right there. They just would not comply. I'm Gosh, with you on humble. that. I just, I can't believe the arrogance of people who just you know, we have a chance to stop the pandemic and they just won't. You know, I was, when I was flying back from New York, 
they um I was I made the joke on the way there that I was upset that there was no airline disturbance. You know, there was no one thrown off the plane. <laughs> on the way back, there was this big, strapping, handsome uh, steward, a uh, flight attendant, and he got into it with a passenger who was jumping from a cheaper seat to a more expensive seat. This is JetBlue, so we're not talking much money. And it appeared to me that the from afar that the flight attendant was really pushing it, being aggressive. And this guy, and they ended up calling people. They took him off the plane. The guy was complaining. He left. And I thought like, I think the flight attendants were, might've, might've provoked that. And then I thought, you know what, with all that's going on with people being so non-compliant flight attendants, I think are, are taking no shit. They're like, we asked you to move. We asked you politely. We asked you three times. You're not complying. So we don't want to be in the air with you. So mm. that's the, that's the police state we live in because people are so non-compliant and won't just do the simple kindness of, of what's asked of them. I was at um, Starbucks the other day and as I'm standing in line, the person in front of me uh, was not wearing a mask. And the, the barista said very politely, we asked that everyone wears masks here. And this woman said, uh, well, my religion prohibits me. And I thought, Oh no, I'm, this is going to be a Karen moment here. I am leaving before everything. And I just walked out because the minute I heard my religion prohibits me from wearing a mask, I just thought, oh God, what, what a world we live in. And I just uh, underline and let's move on. And this, I'm, I feel like I'm rehashing old, old things, but it ain't over. Wear a mask, be compliant, be polite. It's like, it's like zipping up your zipper. What, what, what hardship is it? to wear a mask. That's the bizarre thing. It's it's not about being non-compliant about something that's a real invasion of your body or your privacy. It's such an easy peasy thing to do to put a mask on. I, I like wearing masks. I like <laughs> just just being anonymous and just zipping around and having my head down. And uh, I like the little breath in my breath too. I like it warms my face. Right, right. It's like it's sort of like it, the inverse of it is like the hoodie thing. Remember, like the way hoodies became like the symbol yes. of like. I love hoodies. I love I love wearing a hoodie and a mask. Love a hoodie and a mask. I can't wait to bump into you on a dark night, James. <laughs> Number nine. What's your bar humbug, James? Number nine. Bah humbug stressed me. <laughs> Over the Thanksgiving holiday, I watched a lot of television and I would just sort of go from station to station just to see what was on. And I noticed this trend. I noticed this a long time ago. Something, um, uh, stress TV is TV that the sole purpose is just to stress you out. Okay. Where you start, it started with like 2020 and Dateline and uh, To Catch a Predator, those types of shows that just, they just, it's, it's all about murder and, and crime and that mm. stuff. There's like, um, uh, ice pilots and ice ice truckers and deadliest catch which the whole point of the show is are is the person going to make it to the end of the episode is the person going to die and that's all you're watching it for is to see someone die you're gonna see you're gonna see someone die then there's this show on called airport security have you ever seen this i have seen airport security it is. Yes. i watched a marathon i watched 20 episodes back to back to back <laughs> Of, and it's just 
airport security footage of people being sh- shaken down by the TSA, going through their luggage, being pulled aside because they're muling a kilo of coke in their bum. And it's just like, let the person let the person go. Don't you have some terrorists to look for? Why are you terrorizing these people? Just and it's just one after the other going through going through the line of the and the airport is stressful enough. Like it just sitting there watching that made me so stressful. There's another. There's buried in the backyard. Do you know this one? <laughs> I have not it's, seen buried in the backyard. How many episodes of that have you seen? Every episode is family members fighting with one another, <laughs> killing them, and burying them in the backyard. It's a reality show. This happens enough that they can have four seasons of it. There was, um, uh, uh, I hate those, th- my thousand pound life. I hate those uh, hoarding. Those always stress me out. All these shows just sit there and make me into a little pile of but rage. It's, it, it actually, I think, is a pregenitor or a progenitor. What is the word? Um, um, anticipating Facebook and the algorithm of Facebook because the Facebook algorithm yes. is designed to put you into stress, to show yes. you things that make you angry and freak you out. And it's the same in reality TV, isn't it, Tom? Like we hear from executives all the time, yes, whatever stakes. And our little joke internally is, well, will the cupcakes be done in time? You're always trying to create stakes, you know, for some sort of possible disastrous outcome or no outcome at all. And that that's you no, put I like the viewer when, into a state of tension. Yeah, I like I when, just think it's so antisocial, and I don't like it either myself. No, I like when we pitch a show and and it's a very good show, and they're like, "Well, what are the stakes?" I'm like, "Oh, oh, well, we kill someone every episode, right?" Because <laughs> yeah. that, that's really what and they're like, mm, "We need someone, something bigger." We once did a show years ago called Mission Divine, and someone had seven days to find God, to find what they thought might be God. They go on a journey to find what they thought was God. And the executive says, mm, you know, we need we need something bigger. It's just the stakes. And I'm like, what are you thinking about talking God? What is wrong with you? Crucifixion. Every episode, crucifixion. Yes. There you go. Now you're talking. Nail them up. Well, I will say, what else? You've, like, knocked off almost everything I watch, James. I, well, you know, you also, you love the little houses, and you love the little people, and you love all of those things, too. So I feel like you balance it out a little bit. But I tell you, that, like, that, those ice pilots and ice truckers and de- deadly well, yeah. that stuff is just, it's, it's, it's snuff TV is what it is. <laughs> I am now, as I told you, Turner Classic Movies, QVC, yes. books on tape, and everything else I watch online. Like Third Rock and... from the Sun and Thirty Rock are my two go-to's. Okay. You are rocking. I love it. James. Golden so, Girls. A big bar humbug from Jason James on Stress TV. Yes. Um, number eight. Number eight. A bar humbug Pantone. You know, every year Pantone. Yeah, you release... love the Pantones. That you I love the this. Pantone color of the year. I live for it. It's like Christmas, but this year. For the first time ever, they've created a new color. They're saying they've created a new color, and it's called Very Perry. Bar Humbug, I just don't like the name. I guess it comes from... Is it very Linda Perry? Is it very Perry Farrell? It's Periwinkle. It's a Periwinkle. Very Perry. And it's it's basically a new red-violet-infused blue hue. I mean, it's purple. For God's sake, it's purple. It, it's um, like an institutional purple. It's like you imagine the purple they have in prisons. Yes. 
Do they have a lot of purple in prison, Tom? I think I think they do. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 and and what there's several things that annoy me about this. Number one is in 2016 they had Serenity, and that was kind of purple. Yep. 2016 they had Rose Quartz, and that was a kind of pink. 2018 they had Ultraviolet. I mean, come on, guys! They're Wasn't there an orchid there. along the way that was also yes, purple? There was an orchid, yes. Yeah. So you know that they're, they're not. So really... move out of the purples and get into the greens. And well, the this green. is where I get really cross. It's actually it's like what they say, and I'll just read you a little bit from the press release. Very Perry helps us to embrace this altered landscape of possibilities, openings up to a new what does that vision even mean? as we rewrite our lives rekindling gratitude for some of the qualities that blue represents complemented by a new perspective that resonates today this very very a bot this is a bot the future ahead in a new light i mean come on bah, it, 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 it sounds like it was written by a bot uh, about just put in some <laughs> some you know written by a bot that's written by a bot created by an algorithm written by a bot <laughs> <laughs> that's the world we live in uh, it Why says you it's a bot. That's another thing that pisses me off. Oh, this is they say it's a, a symbol of the global zeitgeist. Well, zeitgeist is, I mean, that's tautology, isn't it? That's like the zeitgeist isn't local, it's like the zeitgeist, <laughs> it's like the planet. If you uh, want to be symbolic, I love what James said. Let's go toward the greens. Let's talk about green. Let's talk about the ecology. Let's talk about greening the planets. What in last year, green? Green was 2017, it was called uh, green. Green old green greenery and then remember 2021 was a uh, was yellow which they call illuminating and gray which they called the ultimate gray so i do like yellow and gray together though i actually <laughs> like very perry the color maybe not the name and all that but i it's i think the color i think you're right like the color's fine but it's like and then they've got this whole line that it's digital design helping us to stretch the limits of reality, opening the door to a dynamic Wait, virtual that world. Nothing. That's a bunch of gobbledygook. Words soup. <laughs> bah humbug. Bah, bah humbug. All right. Um, shall we go on? Let's take a break, actually. Why don't we do that? Let's. Um, well, I don't really have a question well, it's kind of a question. Have you, you know what? what? You know what? When I bah humbug, when you don't really have a question, Blake, bah humbug, continue. <laughs> I think you'll like this, though. Okay. Have you guys heard of, I think you have, I think Fenton may have spoke of it before, but Whamageddon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to explain the rules, and then I'm going to ask if you have passed yet, because today is December 24th. You have to make it till midnight tonight without hearing the original version of Last Christmas by Wham. Here's the rules. Um, the game lasts from December 1st to midnight on Christmas Eve. Cover versions and remixes don't count, only of the original. You're out as soon as you hear the song. And don't be mean and purposefully send your song, your friends the song so that they get out. So when we come back, I want to know if you have passed yet. Have you passed Whamageddon? Right. Depends what the outro music is. Well, it's going to be a cover version because I don't want to be mean <laughs> and purposely send to my friends. I okay. love that idea. It's a, on a bar humbug show. That's exactly what we should do. Just whamageddon everybody who's listening, <laughs> which I guess might not be very many people. Um, why, why not watch The Bitch Who Stole Christmas tonight while you wait on Santa to sashay down your chimney? It's a must-watch this holiday season, and it's streaming in the U.S. right now on VH1. 
with a cable subscription. We'll be right back. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. <laughs> Welcome back to the Wow Report. I am Fenton Bailey, uh, joined by Tom Campbell and James St. James. Is this our last show before Christmas? This is our last show before Christmas. Next week will be uh, Things That Make Us Go Wow of 2021. Oh, right. The, the Look Back in Anger episode. <laughs> yeah. But so here we are. We're doing one. our Bar Humbug episode, just yeah. complaining about everything. Um, Blake, what was the... Oh, you had a question for us. Sort of yeah. Question. Well, um, I asked if you knew what Whamageddon was. It's a game played from December 1st until midnight on Christmas Eve. You win... If you go the entire time without hearing the original version of Last Christmas by Whamageddon. And I asked, have you guys, quote unquote, won Whamageddon? I have heard it. I I, I have heard it multiple times. I spend a lot of time on 103.5, which is nothing but but Christmas music from November 1st to January 1st. You're out. You're out. I'm out. Tom Campbell, I'm out. I'm still in. I haven't heard it in many, many years. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Now, that would be harder to avoid. But well, I'll tell you something, though. Interestingly, uh, I have not heard it. I've not heard Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas as much as I have heard it in the past. I think they're sort of letting off the pedal a little bit on it. I, it's not quite as ubiquitous as it was. The one that's, getting, that's rising, though, that I see is that Waitress song, The um, Last Christmas, which is sort of a little more ubiquitous this year than I've heard it in other years. You know, the, um, the white Christmas. Christmas. What is it? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. No. The waitresses. waitresses. Yeah. Oh, the waitresses. Oh, oh, oh. oh some waitress. Yeah. I, like, I didn't remember Christmas. What is your favorite Christmas song? I'm curious. I actually oh. love Last Christmas. It has been my favorite for a while. It's kind of waning because. What's the. Um... Uh, next year, all our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Have yourself. Mm-hmm. I always Perfect. cry at that. I, I always cry that at that song. What about you, Tom? I have so many, but I'm going to say this one. There is a song called Grown Up Christmas List that Natalie, many have recorded, but Natalie Cole recorded and David Foster produced. And it's all about when you're like when you're a little kid, you believe in Santa. When you're grown up, you have a grown up Christmas list, and you hope for peace and love, and that no one has to be alone. And it's it makes me cry. Oh, oh what's the, uh, uh, what's the one with the um uh, from the Fievel? What what was that one about what? the um Amy 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 the who's the country star Amy Amy Grant Amy Grant sings Fievel goes west. No, it's the, um, something about Hard uh, uh, Candy Christmas. No, 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 Christmas no. Tom, too. Tom, look it up. Look it up. Amy Grant Christmas song. Like my second. favorite Christmas song is um, I think it's um, the Feed the World song. I love that song. Oh, that, it, it is sonically, lyrically, everything about it. The first time I heard that, I cried out loud. I was in a car in Los Angeles, going through the right. gates of Universal, and I heard it again this year. And I thought of that moment, and I tear up every time I hear it. It's Wait, where great... is Christmas? It's, it's where is Christmas? You guys, Amy Grant. I mean, I looked it up, but I don't see anything. Can I make this my number seven? Just James Googling stuff mid-show? Can I? No, hold on. Oh, for fuck's sake, I can't see it either. But why can't let, let let's you can sing it. it? How about a little sing song? It goes um, it's uh, where is Christmas? <laughs> 
<laughs> you made this song up. No! <laughs> Christmas, I don't feel Christmas this year. I'm not feeling very Christmassy. Breath of Heaven? No! A Christmas to Remember? Maybe it is an Amy Grant. Hold on. Funny enough, your singing reminds me of the Pop Tarts. Uh, I'm dreaming of a hot Christmas. A hot? I'm dreaming of a hot Christmas. Come on, baby, let's this Christmas. I love it. Yeah, you know. Where is Christmas? Hold on. Where is Chris Cuomo? (laughs) (laughs) Big Hill, where are you, Christmas? Oh, such a great one. Where Um, are you, Christmas? It's Tom the Grinch. It's written for you, Tom. How dare you? I will listen to it after the show. We're gonna go. I know we're gonna go out on this. Okay. It sounds a little dirgy. Dirgy do, doesn't it? It's not very jolly. Well, sometimes Christmas is a little dirgy. Okay. All right. Bar Humbug Special Edition. We've reached number seven, Tom. Number seven. Okay, this is going to be maybe a little controversial, but I think, by and large, Christmas decorations are bah humbug. <gasps> I think it gives people, listen, a classy, something beautiful, something classic. It gives people permission to just throw everything in the kitchen sink up. And I don't think it's not okay. And and listen, I love a tree. Randy, I saw Randy's tree this year. And he's he he's put every ornament he's ever received from anybody, including like See, Starbucks. I, like and, I do like the... I like that. He also, this year, put up tinsel. Remember tinsel? Yes. Like and it, it looks beautiful. He, took, he sent me a picture of it from the middle of the day and it twinkles and it's so... I don't mind like that because that's a concept. That's like every like hodgepodge, everything on a tree. It's like when I go to my bank and they've just glued things and reindeer <laughs> and snowflakes. And I get the non-denominational thing too. And I support that, but make it blend, create sections. It's just, it, it's in a little bit, forgive me. It's, it's a carryover from Halloween where people think by just putting like ugly webby shit on their house, they're decorating. I'm like, no, you're just causing clutter. So <laughs> I have, Blake put it out, I have no tree, but I do have a little plastic uh, Santa that I plug in and put someplace. And that's enough for me. That's enough for me. Because I go I go home and I spend Christmas with my brother and sister and nephew and, and they're all treat out and stuff. But you know, See, I love but, a, but the, the opposite of that is a bah humbug for me. I hate those, uh, the two well thought out Christmas trees. This is all blue. Like nothing but blue yeah. ornaments, or or you know, it's pink and silver. Very like, Perry. No, I, like I think I, the more the merrier. <laughs> a very Perry Christmas. You don't like a very. You know what's very big according to QVC? What what's really catching on? A coastal Christmas, which is blues, aquas, and and sort of corals. It's a, something I've noticed, Tom, in Christmas shops because I do love Christmas decorations. Is there's a trend for skinny trees. And I think this is very sad. Very tall, but very skinny trees. Yeah. I, I, I think it's part of the body dysmorphia of the, of, uh, you know, it's like, why why do you want a skinny tree? You want a big, thick, bushy tree, right? Or what about upside down trees? That yes. is so dumb. Like, right. What? That must be Satan. That must be Satan. <laughs> I also think, and, and again, if you have these, forgive <laughs> me, but like, all of the artificial materials that make the Christmas things that tend to not even be like, uh, like you use them every year. It's like they just pop up and get thrown away. That kind of grosses me out too. Randy a has a real tree. Ma- a lot of it's made for the landfill. Yeah. 
So that's my bah humbug. Christmas decorations. Too many of them. Ugly ones. Take them down. (laughs) Number six, James. Number six. You know, something that really burns my britches, I'll tell you what. I hate bah humbug. I hate Scrooge theme uh, sitcom episodes. This is something that just drives me. It's the laziest form of, of script writing. It's like all you have Fonzie, you have Urkel, you have Alex P. Keaton, and they're they're not feeling the Christmas spirit, and they're being grumpy, and they go to bed, and they have a dream where they're visited by three ghosts, and then they wake up in the morning, and they're filled with Christmas spirit. It drives me crazy. I made a list. Of uh, I found a list of every TV episode that has done this, and I'm going to just read a partial list right now. Bewitched, Roseanne, Saved by the Bell, Family Ties, Boy Meets World, Sanford and Son, WKRP in Cincinnati, Highway to Heaven, Northern Exposure, The Jetsons, A Different World, Quantum Leap, Popular, uh, Flintstones, Beavis and Butthead, the list goes on and on and on. And it was even worse than than the Scrooged episode. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life episode where I don't need to know what the world would be like if Donna from, uh, um, uh, what is it? Don't even say Beverly Hills 90210 because today is Donna's birthday, Uh, December 24th. I was actually going to say, what's the one with um, that that 70s show where Donna from what the world would be like if Donna from that 70s show had never existed? <laughs> I don't care. Bah, I, have, I have I don't disagree with you. I have one one thought, maybe because sitcom writers get so tired and it's toward the holiday. They just kind of cop out and say, let's just do a Scrooge episode and fuck it. And then we get out early and see our children. Perhaps. That's exactly what it is. That And it, I, it drives me crazy. Uh, but also, no, I see it slightly differently in that Charles Dickens wrote, wrote such an archetypal story that we go back and cover it and do version after version after version. There's something about it that speaks to us so profoundly. But does it we... still speak to us, you know, after the 45th time you've seen one of the, I mean, like to me, I, yes, it, it's a, go back and reread A Christmas Carol. It's a lovely book. It's beautifully written. It's fabulous. Go do that instead of watching Fonzie uh, visit, be visited by three goats. I think once Daffy Duck did it, it really didn't need to be done again. Exactly. Well, Susan Lucci did it. I don't know if you remember. And that was... On on All My Children? No, it was a Lifetime movie or something. Oh. By the way, again, I'm still fundraising for my movie House of Lucci. If anybody's interested, I still want to do that. So. I'm thinking, though, James, you are Scrooge and Blake... Tom and I are the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. And by the end of this show, you're going to be infused with the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> and you're going to say, I love each and every one of you so much. It's beautiful. Uh, maybe not. Number five. Number five. I thought you were going to talk about this, Tom. Sex in the City. Bah humbug. Oh! I hated it the first time around. I hate it. All the movies. I hate the reboot. And I found the perfect article for me. It's the story of Julia Allison, who moved to New York in the early 2000s in the aughts to live the Carrie Bradshaw lifestyle. She was like 20 something when she watched the show and she's like, I'm going to be Carrie Bradshaw. And she moved to the city and she got a job as a writer, as a love advice columnist. And she wore the dresses and she bought the Milanos or the Manolas. 
and she had drank the Cosmos. And it and the great thing about this article is it ruined her life. She said, I wish I'd never heard of Sex in the City. I wish I'd never seen it. And she led a shallow, unhappy, unproductive life. She lost a job. She lost her friends. Love didn't work out for her. And all the time I was reading this article, I was like, yeah, just rubbing my hands with glee. But that's um, sort of akin to saying that people who would live their lives like a, a real housewife would also meet, meet the same kind hey, of unhappiness. Guys, I don't know that we should be saying this on radio, Andy. You, you know, know his best it's, friend it's, it's, is Sarah Jessica Parker. And, uh, real no, but if that's about people separating their real life from a fictional thing, yeah. come on, people got to do that. I will say this because I – could go up and down. I loved Sex and the City. I didn't like lots of Sex and the City. I'm right down the middle, like a lot of people. The one article I read, which is really important for us, especially at our age, Blake excluded, is Sarah Jessica Parker, a car- vulture talk to a cardiologist. Spoiler alert, by the way, we're going to give away the ending to the first pilot right now. You know, when when Carrie comes back and sees that uh, Big is still alive, but has had presumably a heart attack, she runs, she cries, she hugs him. He dies in her arms. She should have called 911 and started doing CPR. And the cardiologist said that Carrie killed Big. Oh! <laughs> I'll tell you something, though. I think the first two episodes, which I've the only ones that I've watched so far, um, the fashion without Pat Field just does not work. It's really just, it's it's cringy. I, without Samantha... It's really, it's. I, I was hard. right back in there. I loved it. Did and you? I bah humbug oh, all of you go. for bah humbugging it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I, I will watch every single one and I will, you know, but, and you know what's going to happen? Spoiler alert, no one's told me, is that she's going to find out that Big doesn't have money. Something happened. She's going to be thrown back into her old apartment and we're going to rebuild Carrie. Uh, Miranda is going to be an alcoholic, come out of come out of treatment, and realize she's a lesbian. And I don't know what's happening with uh, Kristen Davis, but that is my predictions um, of what's going to be happening. And so I'm eager to see where it goes. It tried really hard to make up for its past whiteness, whether it is to do that or not. Oh, I'll tell you. I'm sorry that the non-binary podcaster. That whole that whole was that was cringy to me. That, that one hit home. home, did it, James? That one hit home. No, it's it just trying so hard to be woke in that segment. It just really, it just it, I could just see the notes from the you know from the editor from the producers saying more, more, more woke, more woke. I just I'm sorry, I I didn't like it. Bar humbug, Sex in the City. I think the news episodes are still right there on HBO Max. Right? Is that where you can see it? Yes, and yeah. and there's millions of fans, and I have a feeling that it's going to be a big hit. Okay, good. Uh, 14 queens are competing for title of Queen of the Universe, hosted by Graham Norton, streaming now on Paramount+. Plus. And also, by the way, on Paramount+, Plus, you can watch Queen of the Universe's Michelle Visage's journey to have her breast implants removed. It's a fabulous documentary directed by Jeremy Simmons, produced by World of Wonder, of course, and it tracks her. It's called Explant, and it talks about breast implant illness. Explant, not implant, but explant. That's right. Blake, have you got a question? I sure do. Um, it's a birthday question. He's been a real gift providing accurate and scientific information about COVID nineteen, and today is his 80th birthday. Who is it? 
We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hey, welcome back to the special Bar Humbug edition of The Wow Report, where we count down the things that put us in the baddest mood this past uh, week, or basically all year. Um, and we have plenty of things to complain about. Um, we, oh, we had a question, Blake, right? Yes, um, it's Christmas Eve birthday. This person's been a real gift, providing accurate and scientific information on COVID-19. And today he's celebrating his 80th birthday. And he is the sexiest octogenarian that I know. Octogenarian? How do I? How do you pronounce that? Octogenarian. Well, who is it? Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yes. Happy birthday, Dr. Fauci. And thank you. I love that uh, it's called the Fauci ouchie. That's the best. <laughs> yes, I like that too. So <laughs> where I want to be remembered. Number four, Tom. Number four. This one's personal, guys. Um, there is the press, and then there is the gay press, and then there is the super gay press, Uh-oh. and that's those tiny little websites that probably no one pays attention to but us super gay people, and I am one of them. And, and there them. is an article out, and there is a sentiment that it's picking up on that there is, gasp, too much drag race. Oh. And this, the one writer of this one article was talking about, he goes, I consider myself a completionist, and even I haven't finished the second season of Drag Race Holland. Now, and, and it's an interesting phenomenon, because there is a lot of drag race, right? There just is, and there's new cast, and it's going all over the place. But... Any and this article says so. Actually, the guy who wrote the article is actually a huge fan and obsessing about every detail, and I kind of love that. The art was 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 the guy's was the author's it's, name James A. James. Not, <laughs> you, can, you have your moment, James. But <laughs> here's the thing: any hit show, The Mass Singer, uh, uh, The Bachelor, anything, there are tens and twenties of versions that are done around the world. The difference is most people don't give a hoot about them unless it's in their own country, and there is one. There is a subculture of gay people that translates countries and languages. There's a subculture of drag. And even the drag queens embrace each other, watch each other. It, it is like a phenomenon and a family of, you know, of drag queens that are all becoming famous. And the drag race you know, formula is helping them do that. And there is also, thanks to Fenton Bailey and the World of Wonder, there is one app, the WOW Presents Plus, where almost all of the content, I, you know, depending where you live, you can get all of the, so you can go to one place versus trying to get onto like Australia, NBC or this and that. And so it is available in one place, but it's, it's like the internet. It's like Netflix. It's like, you don't have to watch it all. You don't have to feel guilty about it. And I'm, I'm just grateful that we do have a community that, you know, I, I think bottom line, it's like, it's great to have drag race us around the world and that's where it started but it's also great to have spanish drag queens from spain speak their own language tell us their own culture i think as drag races go on knock on wood they're going to continue to what they're doing now which is evolving into their own you know their own challenges their own uh, their own stars their own uh, special flavor of drag which will continue to evolve as long, you know as as drag race has continued to evolve it is fascinating to see how different the drag is if, from Italy to Spain to you know New Zealand and Australia and and just the different flavors. It is it's fascinating just on a sociological level to see the different you know 
And I hope this isn't the case, but you know how traditionally, whether it's self-loathing or whatever, it's like gay people will only let other gay people get so big, will only let other gay people get so famous. And it's like, we love Lady Gaga, but we, you know, if it's a gay artist, they can only be, you know, worshipped so much. So I I just hope it's not a syndrome of of us. His pop will eat itself, basically. What is the name of the snake that, that eats its tail? Yeah, Cerebus or something. Ouroboros is the emblematic serpent of ancient Egypt that, <laughs> that is that, um, represented with its tail in its mouth, continually devouring itself and being reborn of itself. Oh, I thought it was the answer was Faith Hill, but I, I'm, I'm one segment behind. <laughs> Tom, you said it right. You know, there are far less versions of Drag Race than there are versions of The Masked so you Singer. Think you can dance or yeah. American Idol. I mean, you know, or um, oh, what's the mass singer? There are literally dozens of those, so it's it's a weird thing to complain about being too much. All no, right. but I just that's it's interesting. It is a, it, it's it's the it's the currency of how to sort of bitch about Drag Race right now, and I think it's interesting. And I you know I think again it, it does need to grow and and become local. But I I love that it's a phenomena a global phenomenon and you know you you hit the nail on the head too where you said you are not obligated to watch every single one <laughs> and you know i have i have taken um i have not done this year i've i've sort of stepped back a little bit but that means i can dive into it in january and i have a whole you know i, I can just you know binge and yeah. i don't you don't have i can take time off i can go back it's there for me whenever i want it and even in your golden years there'll always be drag race streaming someplace for you james it's like the golden girls it's like it will <laughs> never leave oh my gosh the golden girls it's so true number three james Number three. This one really, (laughs) really pisses me off. I'll tell you what, bah, freaking humbug on TBS's Harry Potter Hogwarts Tournament of Champions. Why we are continuing to line this awful woman's pockets with billions of dollars just infuriates me like I've never seen. She is a turf. She is transphobic. She's a horrible, horrible woman. She's made her billions. Why can? Why do we have to continually reinvest in this in this show? This idea. She the um she the books are out there. The books will always be out there. Her have you great, read them? Great, 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 great grandchildren will still be billionaires. There's nothing we can do about it. But every time we have, you know, now it turns out that she makes the bulk of her money from. Uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal. And every time someone goes there, you are just handing her $60. Every single person that, how, why do we continually give this woman money? And she doesn't have uh, any, she doesn't have an official role on Harry Potter's Tournament of Soul, but it still acts as a commercial, a non What is the show, James? What is the show? The, the show is it's it's a game show and Helen Mirren, damn her, shame on her for hosting it for for propping up. It, 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 it's it's where you have Hufflepuff versus Slytherin and you have these kids who are super fans and they add, answer questions. Blah 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 blah. But oh, so are, it's a it's a quiz show. It's a quiz show. Yes, about oh. Harry Potter and the Harry Potter books. And so, but the idea behind it is that we're just, it's, it's a commercial every week to, for, for J.K. Rowling. 
And it's it's just it's I just find it infuriating that this horrible transphobic bitch is making money off of TBS. I understand that the books are out there, but the fact that we don't have to invest in every new iteration of it, we don't have to keep giving her our money. I hope the editor of the New York Times crossword puzzle is listening to us right now because I have never read a Harry Potter book other than the first one. And there's always all these clues in the, in the crossword puzzle about Harry Potter. And I hope they take them out and therefore I can do better and we can stop propping her up. Sorry, Fenton, go ahead. Well, I never liked her. Elliot just started watching the movies and he loves them. And I think that I, you can love the work and not the artist. Right. But yes, yes. And no, I mean, you are, it, you're you're continuing that we sh- no I I don't think so I I don't think mm. it's good I think it's bad that we're continuing to prop up this horrible transphobic woman and shame on all the actors who are on the the TBS game show who come on and and read clues I just think it's it's just I, I, I want this woman to go away and I don't want to give money to her. And I, I feel like every time you watch a movie or buy a book or go to Harry Potter's Wizarding World or watch TBS, you are aligning this woman with more billions. Hmm. Bah humbug. Bah humbug. Harry Potter's Tournament of Champions. Wait a minute. Right. I get the feeling, to, um, uh, what is your name? Fenton, that yeah, you don't it. agree with me. I, I don't disagree with you, but I sort of think that it's too bad to cancel. You're always perhaps. siding with the one percent, aren't you? You're always <laughs> siding with the billionaire. The one percent. You that is your dream to be a billionaire and to be one of these horrible people. <laughs> I get from you. Yeah, got me there. Yes. <laughs> it, it's why? You, yes, I just. Uh, I want to be a horrible person. I'm working on it really hard. <laughs> How am I doing? <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's uh, let's see if you agree with me on this one. The next bar humbug, number two. Number two. Dead celebrities. Okay, you know, we, we, <laughs> we've said goodbye Stop to a lot dying. of people. <laughs> we've said goodbye to a lot of people, and we miss them and we mourn them. That's fine. Yes. My big bar humbug thing is why it is necessary when someone dies, like Virgil Abloh or Stephen Sondheim, may they rest in peace, that everyone starts posting pictures of themselves with them. I just think it's the most ghoulish, weird thing to do. I have and, been guilty um, of this. I have been guilty. I, yeah, I never, I don't, I don't have many pictures of myself with famous people who have died yet, I suppose. I've just got a whole stash waiting for them all to kick the bucket and I'll be posting in a frenzy. But my point is, like, it's not about you, that you knew them or that you were with them. And and it just smacks a bit of like disingenuous. That they, that, I have a question to ask you, Fenton. Mm-hmm. And since we're probably going to get canceled for picking on Sex in the City, I'll probably be fired from the wonder for asking this question. Fine, go ahead. <laughs> when Tammy Faye passed away, yes, did you did post, you post any pictures a picture of yourself with her? That's a really good question. I'm going to have to look back because I can't tell you. I can't remember. I think it's one of those things that I you might well I, have I done judge. I stand, I'm, I'm bar humbugging myself. No, but I judge people tremendously for the same reason. And then occasionally, I think I'm mm. guilty of it. I, when Karen Black died, I had a wonderful picture with her and I posted it on everything. I'm going to, I'm literally looking at, oh, well, I can't do it now. It's going to take too long. But, um, but I know what you're saying. It's not about you. I, I think people, it, it is, but it, it's all status. Every post, every post I've ever made, but, 
is about my status, about me trying to look with, with just being honest. I think I'm smart. I want to, I'm smarter. Yeah. I think that my show is good and I want you to see it. I, you know, yeah. and some people show them their butt off, which again, would not be a beautiful thing for me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a true. weird, if, if you want to be part of so it. So my bar humbug is coming from a place of resentment about not knowing enough famous people who have died or who are about to die. But, and, and remembering, and having the presence of mind to take a picture with them, because that's something I've, I just never do. Well, uh, wait, did Blake, didn't you have a picture with Amy Winehouse that you post every two weeks? I wish. I never yeah. met Amy Winehouse. Oh, who was it? I will, post, did. I will post my picture with all of you when you all die. <laughs> Thank well, that you. that presupposes that you're going to outlive us, bitch. <laughs> he will. I will say, though, that um, Michael Nesmith, uh, one of the founder members of The Monkees and oh, creators of MTV, he passed away, as did um, Anne Rice, um, yeah. who, you know, uh, one obituary said, breathed new life into vampires. And, you know, and I, um, Christopher is, I've met Christopher a number mm, of times and spent lovely. time with him and bless his heart. You know, he, he was very close to his mom. Mm. I, it was, it's very sad. It is. He was. She, she was. She was. Uh, no matter what you can say about the, some of the books, she was a force of nature, and she was a very interesting, interesting woman. I love the books. What is wrong you know, with you? Well, no, no, no. Uh, like Interview with a Vampire, Lestat, uh, Queen of the Dance. Like the first three are always fine, but by the time you get to the eighth or the ninth version, they sort of fall off a little bit. Do you have you ever read the one about Castrati in in oh. something? It's absolutely fantastic. And there's not yeah. a vampire in sight. You know, I like the witching hour ones too. I love the witching mm. books. Those are really fun. Um, and anyway, so having said all that and made this complaint, I was scrolling through looking at the memories about, you know, the tributes to Michael Nesmith and, um, and Rice. And I, I couldn't find anybody posing with them in their pictures. So I guess my bar humbug is just bar humbug. But, oh, I tell you what made me think of this, actually. Lastly, someone called Dublin Zoetrope. I have the weirdest sensation I know from looking at the tiny picture on their Instagram account. Dublin Zoetrope, it's a nom de plume, posted this fabulous thing. He has a series called Local Gay Man. And he said the, the post was, local gay man yet to find way to make celebrity death all about him. <laughs> <laughs> it's I thought it was very true. Very good. Okay. Oh, we're going. We're moving on. Um, just you have a slight aneurysm there. <laughs> there was just every show. There's multiple aneurysms. <laughs> I hope you have a picture with me, James, because mine might be <laughs> as well. God forbid. Get ready to post. When we come back, we'll reveal the number one bar humbug of this week. You listen to our report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake, and we've been having a wonderful time counting down the top 10 things that make us go bah humbug, which has been curmudgeonly. Um, what? Oh, what is the number one? Number one. I don't think we've come to a consensus. I think we should all offer one, and I'll do mine quickly. The volume at concerts, the volume, the decibel level at concerts, Fenton, you're a big concert goer. And I know it's an old man complaint because now I've lost my hearing. But when you're young, it's not good for you. Why does it have to be so goddamn 
loud. I will back. I I will see your concerts and raise you a nightclub where I, you know, I miss having a little area to go to where you can talk to someone in a club. Clubs are so loud now. They it's it's louder than when I was a, a child. I know that. And I know, and I have lost hearing in my left ear from all the years I was sit- sitting next to a yes. in a club. I am. I'm, I'm almost completely deaf in my left ear. Well, what about in the same theme, restaurants that where all the surfaces are really hard and there's no soft material, so all the sound just bounces around and you can't hear anything anyone's saying. Oh, it's the worst. Yell and scream and shout, and more and more people are yelling and shouting, and you just end up hoarse, you know. Um, I'm going to say a bah humbug is I uh, the instigays drive me bananas where it's these 23 year olds in Prada and Gucci and they're uh, they're in um, the you know they're in Madagascar or they're they're in Capri and it's like how are these people doing this uh, why are how are these people on vacation 360 days a year 50 days a year how only fans it? accounts only fans accounts yes it must be doing what they must be doing well because I just when I was I mean it's nobody seems to be struggling anymore these 23 year old gorgeous kids are just living these wonderful lives and it pisses me off bah humbug <laughs> you know what it is james also it's cryptocurrency a lot of people are making a lot of money out of cryptocurrency i did i told you about i have a friend who put in four thousand and made forty thousand in 24 hours on and he's a pizza right now right yes um, wearing gucci mine is why on tmz do they talk about sports people that no one's ever heard of it no, is true I guess they know their audience. Their audience is a red meat, red state, uh, you know, people. But you don't hear about Richard Simmons on TMZ, do you? You don't, don't hear, hear about, about Richard Simmons anyway, anywhere. I know. Well, that's another bah humbug. Where is Richard Simmons? <laughs> is Take Richard Simmons back. Bah humbug. I actually have to say that in trying to put this episode together and think of the things that maybe go bah humbug, I couldn't actually think of that much, you know? Well, that's well, there's a I fine get. line because every week we're bah humbugging in a way. I maybe <laughs> that's it. Maybe that's it. But I uh, mean, to be honest, I even quite like the Pantone color of the year. I just had to have a bah humbug aspect to it. Oh, <laughs> phony, fake bah humbug, Fenton. That's what I always say about you, Fenton. Is you're too nice. You're too. You're too <laughs> forgiving, and you are so. <laughs> You always say that about me, James. It's true. It's true. You're just. You're, you tell you're me that I'm wonderful. a saint. <laughs> Well, I think we've run out of time on that note. Happy Christmas, everybody, everywhere. And may your new year be filled with peace and joy and every possible happiness. Bye, Hellbug. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to us this past year on The Wow Report. Um, same time, same place. In the new year, 2022. In the meantime, go out and do something. Wear a mask that makes you go wow. 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 Merry, happy, ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho.